So, given that I have, at one point in my life, suffered from twisted testicles, this is the longest 40 minutes of my life. (laughs) (laughs) That film sounds shit. For this. Let's go straight in. So welcome to the podcast nobody asked for's League of Good Bad Movies. That wasn't quite as overly dramatic as last month's intro, but I, I feel like, you know, I feel like we'll be okay. So we couldn't we couldn't afford Brian Blessed two two months in a row, to be fair. No yeah, no no Brian Blessed this time. Uh, so the idea is so this is our monthly episode where we watch a good bad movie that was voted for by our avid and loyal listeners and this month the choice was between tammy and the t-rex which i'm going to be honest graham i really wanted to watch same i think we're just going to watch it anyway 100 percent uh (laughs) fuck you and your votes (laughs) damn democracy (laughs) mortal Kombat annihilation which i've seen before and it's shit deathbed the bed that eats which is as the name suggests, a bed that is possessed and eats people. Also also what I thought was going to be up there. Yeah, I weirdly, <laughs> I, I assumed the other three would um, sweep the votes. Yeah. But no, this month we are watching Showgirls. The 1995... <laughs> masterpiece is the wrong word. What would the opposite of a masterpiece be? Um, doodle. Doodle. <laughs> The 1995 doodle. When you're when you're in the middle of a meeting and you you need to pay attention, but you're not integral to the meeting, and you're just kind of doing those like so. Doodles. So it's not just a doodle; it's a margin doodle. It's a margin doodle, yeah. A margin doodle. Yeah. Okay, so the margin doodle that is Showgirls. So I haven't seen this. I've tried to stay away from reading up on it because i want to come in with fresh and new eyes but as far as i can tell it's pornography i um i also haven't seen it i also haven't read up on it because i imagine there is a lot of sort of philosophical intricacies that i'd like to sort of see if i can kind of get through watching it rather than be prescribed through through the readings yeah and i'm assuming any film that is two hours ten minutes long i assume has a lot of things to say (laughs) i think it probably just says one thing a lot but we'll see. One thing I do know about Showgirls is that it's directed by Paul Verhoeven. So this is the streak of films he did before Showgirls. He did Robocop, Total Recall, Basic Instinct, Showgirls. And then thought, you know what? I want something a bit more cerebral than Showgirls. And then directed Starship Troopers. I mean, it's the obvious follow-up. Oh, the obvious one. So the plan is, we're going to watch Showgirls, and then we're going to check in with you guys, talk through the film, and talk through our top three moments from it. So I'm still not convinced this is an actual film. (laughs) And this could get awkward watching it with you. But, you know, we're grown men. Let's see what happens. (laughs) It's, um, it's, it's, is it, is it, is it a shared universe with Saved by the Bell? Is this what happened after Jesse graduated and it didn't work out at Princeton. Yeah, it's it's like the uh, the dystopian future of Saved by the Bell. Excellent. And on that note, let's watch it. I, I wasn't going to drink, but I, I have to. Uh, and that was after nine minutes of the film. So, that's 24 hours to ruminate on, on what we watched yesterday. What's going through your head? I still don't know what the story was. 
<laughs> it was it was a two hour long film, and I still don't know what happens. So I have uh, I tried to write out what I thought the plot was. So okay, these are these are from my notes. So Nomi, played by Elizabeth Berkeley, arrives in Las Vegas with only a suitcase that yep. immediately gets stolen and a dream of becoming a top Vegas showgirl. <laughs> She befriends a costume designer slash PA slash something for a show at the Stardust Hotel slash casino. She moves in with her. They are either friends or lovers or neither or both. She meets the star of the show, Cristal, who hates her or loves her or both or neither. And her boyfriend, brackets, who is so slimy he looks amphibious, close brackets. She is a terrible person and generally stays a terrible person. Then I thought I'd quickly Google what the plot summary was. And the plot summary on Rotten Tomatoes says, As she ascends to the top, Nomi begins to wonder if it's all worth it. But I didn't get that from the film. No, not at all. It was absolutely worth it because that's all she wanted to do. And she was just a dickhead to everyone that was there. It was... It was I ridiculous. understand why it is... Like the phrase "showgirls bad" is a thing because it's yeah it is bad on every level on every single decision that was made in the film. The acting is bad from a bad screenplay that is directed badly, that was written badly. Yeah, I I think um we spoke about it yesterday a lot, but like it feels like it was trying to be you know a, a basic instinct kind of erotic thriller, but without yeah. The- thriller bit or anything erotic because for a film that is largely based around sexuality sex topless dancers it is probably the least erotic thing i've ever watched yeah it's i didn't realize something with that much nudity could not be erotic (laughs) i i don't i don't get it like it was like you said, I think that that's the perfect no. summary of it. Is it's it is a thriller that forgot to have the thriller bit in it. Like if I think we said like if it had a, it needed yeah. like a good murder or something that was being covered up or yeah, something you, that was happening, but it had nothing. <laughs> and so it had like the the bit at the end, the last twenty minutes is where there was kind of any kind of storyline, right? And it has the horrific rape and then elizabeth berkeley's character getting her own back and that feels like that could have been the film but not condensed into 20 minutes and that apparently that whole like that was based on an actual thing that happened in vegas and the whole cover-up of like what happened to protect the bigwigs in vegas and stuff like that that's a that that's the thriller. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's the it's the it's the hotel and the casino covering up this horrible crime that has happened, but instead they use it like clearly what they thought it was was Nomi starts off as this sweet and innocent. Well, it turns out not so innocent, but as this this character who is then tainted and warped by Vegas. And then this event happens that makes her realise how far she's fallen kind of thing. But she's such an insufferable piece of shit the entire film that the journey isn't owed. She's awful from start to finish. It's hilariously bad. Like, it is some of the worst acting I've ever seen. And I'm including Troll 2, which we covered in the episode one of this. Yeah. 
I I don't I some of the worst dancing as well <laughs> for, for a film about dancers. Yeah, g- given that apparently like her character is supposed to be like she has a lot of potential. She's like a natural dancer. Yeah, she's one of the worst dancers I think I've seen in something like this, and that's coming from me. And I don't understand dancing. No, and also like I like said before, I have three dance moves. <laughs> apparently. Um... So apparently Jenny McCarthy auditioned for the lead was in the running until it was discovered that she couldn't dance. And it just made me laugh reading this because that didn't seem like an issue for anyone else in this movie. Oh, God, no. But did you did you see who else at some point or another was linked up to the film? I've, I've seen the list of people that turned it down. Yep. So for the role of Nomi... Pamela Anderson, Drew Barrymore, Angelina Jolie, Denise Richards, and Charlize Theron. Um, and for the role of Cristal, Madonna, Sharon Stone, Sean Young, and Daryl Hannah yeah. were all tied into it and uh, just decided not to. Nah. <laughs> and to think when I went to Vegas, I only went and saw Cirque du Soleil. But that, that kind of brings us on a bit to... We, we've taken the last 24 hours, aside from organising therapy sessions which I'm assuming you've done as well, researching a bit more into the film for just pointless and random trivia. Yeah. And for me, one of my favourites is... So this is an award-winning film in that it won seven Razzie Awards uh, the year it came out. Which was a record at the time. Yeah, and it was a record number of nominations. So it got 13 Razzie nominations. And Paul Verhoeven, the director, was the first winner to accept his award in person. So he actually turned up to accept the awards, which I think is I can the only that. way you can handle this. Yeah. But the awards it won were Worst Picture, Worst Actress, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, Worst Original Song, and in a moment of pure genius, Worst Screen Couple, which was given to any combination of two people in Showgirls. <laughs> But the crazy, um, the crazy thing is about the script, right? The apparently, um, so he—it's the same guy that directed that wrote it, right? Uh, no, so he, um, th- so the guy who th- they did Basic Instinct together, I think. Right. So the so the guy Paul, Paul Verhoeven directed it, and the writer was a guy called it's like Estevas, yeah, or Estevas. So. It turns out that he is the he has made the most money in Hollywood from screenwriting, and it's basically based on a few like a few of these films of Basic Instincts included. But he was given an advance of two million dollars to write the script for Showgirls. Do you know what that two million dollars was for? Uh, all I saw there was that he scribbled the idea of Showgirls on the back of a napkin. On the back of a napkin. Yeah. Two million dollars for the back of a napkin. <laughs> because Paul Verhoeven said he wanted to make a big MGM musical. Yeah. So that's where the idea came from. MGM musicals include The Wizard of Oz, Meet Me in St. Louis, An American in Paris, Singing in the Rain, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, High Society and Kiss Me Kate. And he saw those films and thought, you know what? Let's do a film about this piece of shit in Vegas. <laughs> Which isn't a musical. No. It's... It's... Yeah. And so, yeah, he, he's gone on record um, basically acknowledging that this ruined Elizabeth Berkeley's career as well. 
Yeah. Um, I think Paul Verhoeven said it made things difficult for him, but it really fucked her over. So her agent dropped her after the film came out. Yeah. I mean, you can see that a lot of people made... But also, I was reading up, like, she was doing, like, 18-hour days, like, dancing in high-heeled shoes. Like, she was... She put a lot of effort... I mean, not... She, the the output wasn't great, but she put the effort in. Yeah, it was. I've I've never seen so many people clearly try so hard in something that was so bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. To, and to 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 be fair, that there are some, there are some dance bits that are better than others. So maybe those days were kind of paying off. But yeah, it's fucking. It's just mental. There's there's a great bit about um the, like obviously talking about how bad the script is. So her name. The, well, it's not her name because her name is actually Polly Ann that you find out right at the end of the movie. Yeah. But um, her name that she chose is Nomi Malone, right? So mm. the the Nomi bit comes from Joe Esther's wife's nickname because her name is Nomi, but people will know Nomi. Don't know. Mm. So that's how he chose that part. And do you know how they chose Malone as the surname? No. Because he thought of Nomi as being alone in the world. Oh, my God. Malone. <laughs> fucking hell. It's like when you're writing a story in fucking, like, year nine English. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and then they'll go to Vegas. and uh... Yeah, less less tits in my year nine English. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, my, my favourite bit of trivia about this, which is kind of like, it's... It's kind of hilarious and depressing at the same time. But the movie was banned in Ireland and the initially like people like I they, there wasn't a reason given for it and people assumed it was because of the rape scene and the rape yeah. scene was actually cut out of the UK release, the original UK release. Um but it turns out depressingly that the rape scene wasn't why it was banned in Ireland. It was banned in Ireland for the line I got bigger tits than the fucking Virgin Mary and I got a bigger mouth too. <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, I mean, so the, the the writer's gone on record as saying, in retrospect, a terrible mistake and musically was eminently forgettable and in casting mistakes were made. <laughs> but there's also a brilliant quote from, so it's Carl, Carl McLachlan. So he plays the piece of shit boyfriend slash pimp slash manager slash producer slash something. Yeah, the guy who's in Desperate Housewives. Yeah, so he was only in it because apparently he signed up because he loved Robocop. <laughs> oh. uh, so Paul Verhoeven obviously famously did Robocop and then it turns out he's in Showgirls. Can you imagine Imagine the disappointment? You're like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm getting to start. It's like, you know, I don't know, like loving, like I love every Tarantino movie and I managed to get cast in Tarantino's next movie and he does the Tarantino version of Showgirls. Well, my, my favourite one for that is Bill Murray signed up to do Garfield. Yeah. Because Joel Cohen did the screenplay, but it was a different Joel Cohen. So he signed up because he thought it was going to be the Cohen brothers, and it turned out it was Cohen spelt C-O-H-E-N, I think. That's but, incredible. Yeah, so Carl McLaughlin's got a quote that's pretty sizable, but I, I have to say it all because it's just insane. So... After the premiere, which rumours said he walked out and he said he stayed for the whole terrible two hours. So 
I was absolutely gobsmacked. I said, this is horrible, horrible. And it's a very slow, sinking feeling when you're watching the movie and the first scene comes out and you're like, oh, that's a really bad scene. But you say, well, that's okay. The next one will be better. And you somehow try to convince yourself that it's going to get better. It just gets worse. And I was like, wow, that was crazy. I mean, I really didn't see that coming. So at the point, I distanced myself from the movie. Now, of course, as a whole other life, as a sort of inadvertent satire no satire isn't the right word but it's inadvertently funny so it's found its place it provides entertainment though not in the way i think it was originally intended it was just maybe the wrong material with the wrong director and the wrong cast (laughs) (laughs) and i think that that sums it up brilliantly because it's um depressingly it's one of mgm's highest selling films yeah, it's in their top twenty, and it's yeah. also the um, it's the highest grossing NC seventeen rated movie, which I don't quite understand uh, the rating system in America. I think that's higher than R rated. I yeah, so I think it's higher than R. Yeah, because let, 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 let's face it, this is something we we it did dawn on us when we were watching it together that it is basically pornography. Like it, it's it's. Yeah. It has less plot, but it is basically pornography. None of none of it makes sense. I'm assuming there are a lot of things they were trying to say, and they didn't say any of it. It's um, and also it's obviously as you mentioned, it, it kind of ruined um, Elizabeth Berkeley's career, which is and it's. I was thinking back, and I was thinking, you know, well, what other films could she have been in after Showgirls? And I was I was thinking, she had a quick Google. And I was, it's a damn shame that Free Willy came out in 1993 because her as a fish out of water, just flapping around. I mean, she would have, she would have been a perfect, a perfect orca or any other marine life. Yeah. So, so Showgirls is, uh, shall we say, infamous for its um, underwater sex scene, which again is one of the least erotic things in one of the least erotic movies I've ever seen. Like you said, it, it, it's... It's like he's landing a trout. <laughs> yeah, no no sex scene you should be able to describe with the phrase flailing. <laughs> and it was about as anatomically correct as the Tommy Wiseau one from The Room as well. <laughs> yeah, but this, um, but this brings me on perfectly to the best thing that has come out of the showgirls watching experience is the fact that it turns out there is uh in 2013 there was an off off broadway showgirls the musical does it have as good a title as the um roadhouse musical so i believe it is just showgirls the musical okay but it's got uh so on spotify there's some tracks from it and they're fucking amazing and the highlight is the masterpiece that is fucking underwater <laughs> which is cl- about this sex scene and it includes such uh, quasi shakespearean lines as everyone knows fucking in water is way better than fucking on land uh she's going crazy like she's got rabies i think she may be having a seizure don't swallow your tongue uh i'm drowning in your love baby and she looks kind of like a drowned chipmunk uh, other songs include dancing ain't fucking and horia because it's a fine line between a whore and a warrior. We both fight on the streets and do what we need to survive. <laughs> um, 
And interestingly enough, the actress who played Penny, so Hope, yeah, uh, for a month was in the musical. Oh, nice! And she was also in a, a sequel, right? That was kind of a parody sequel, like P- P- Pennies from Heaven, yeah, or something like that. But it's it's I I can't stress enough how like I did alternate between so bad it's good and just wanting everything to end. Yeah. I'm still, again, I'm still not 100% sure if this is porn or not. And that teases up perfectly for what were your top three moments from the film that you just wanted to end, Ian? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> my top three moments, so number three, um, the relationship between her and her like best friend. Her best friend, who she treats like shit, but... Who she treats like shit. Also let her live with her straight away. I loved it because for the whole film, I couldn't figure out, because the script is so bad, and the directing is so bad, and the acting is so bad. I couldn't figure out if they were lovers. Yeah, they were definitely. Like, it was definitely hinted at, and in yeah. in a two hour film, it literally took me an hour and a half to realise they were just friends. And that moment where I realised how bad this film was, that I misunderstood the relationship between two characters, really stuck with me. Number two on my top three moments list is the fact that it ended. Uh, <laughs> the the sheer relief that swept over me when the credits started to come up is it was a new new and like life-fulfilling experience did you um, feel like you just wanted to flail around in a swimming pool oh yeah it was like i was flailing around in a swimming pool with life um for the record i'm not going to cop out it ended on every single one of these good bad movies the the vast majority of good bad movies i watch i i love and this had had its moments, but I can't explain the sheer visceral reaction I had to the film ending. And number one is the fact it introduced me to Showgirls the Musical, which is one of the funniest things I've ever listened to. Nice. And what about you, Greg? So my top three in third place is is the weirdly pointless like side story with James Smith. So James Smith is sort of meets her in a club, says that he's gonna teach her how to dance, sort of says that he's gonna sort of goes to teach her how to dance ends up just wanting to sleep with her then you see him again a bit later on and they kind of like say oh i've knocked up the other girl that i was sleeping with and now we're engaged and then nothing else happened like nothing it was it was the most pointless it it could have been an interesting sort of side relationship but or not not even a side thing that's that's like it was it was like a thriller that missed the thriller bits because he was basically stalking her for the first half of the movie. Yeah, and also they like every it was seemed to it wasn't like oh they like she couldn't stand him and hated him at the beginning and then they ended up in a relationship or vice versa or whatever. It was each scene or e- not even each scene each like cut in a in a scene went from her hating him to like wanting to mount him. To hating him and it is very very confusing and also there's another really pointless side story as well of jeff is the guy that picks her up at the beginning and takes her to las vegas as a hitchhiker who within seconds of him being nice and pulling over she pulls a knife out on him he also is there at the end and manages to pick her up and take her to los angeles like the the odds of that happening just they they hundreds of thousands to one and unfortunately, we didn't get the... We got a sequel to Showgirls. We didn't get the sequel that was planned, which was Bimbo's. It was called, it was called <laughs> Bimbo's Nomi Does Hollywood. But because of the 
lack of uh, critical and financial success um, that never happened we, we were denied the showgirl cinematic universe yeah second moment in the top three is the saga of the missing potato chips so this is i think the most developed plot in the movie um which is as she moves into her friend's apartment what is it an apartment it's like a static caravan isn't it yeah yeah static caravan she makes a comment about not being able to find the potato chips and then about half an hour later she finds the potato chips and the best um, moment in the film was the fact so uh, you mentioned crystal earlier she's like the top head honcho showgirl everyone wants to sort of worship her everyone wants to be her Again, another very strange relationship between her and Nomi that just is the very definition of love-hate, but not in that like someone loves to hate someone. Is literally like you cannot tell from scene to scene where on the, the scale they are. So Nomi pushes Crystal down the stairs so she can essentially take her place in the in the show. This basically, this gives Crystal a concussion and I think like a hip contusion or something. Oh, like, it, it's a very bad injury. Yeah, it's like career, like she's out for at least a year and probably will end her career because she's like an older showgirl as well. But the the thing that got me and the thing that I find this hilarious is like she goes and meets her at the end. Like she goes into a hospital room to apologise. And it turns out Crystal, absolutely fine with it, because she did the same before to someone else. So she also shoved someone down the stairs to get her place in the show. So it's worse than that. She broke her hip. Oh. So she's she's a professional dancer who is completely fine with the fact she got pushed down the stairs and broke her hip. Yeah. Because she wanted a bit of a rest anyway. And, like, no. and that's how she got hurt. Because apparently the way that you get to the top in Las Vegas is shoving people down the stairs. But again... Another thriller subject that they managed to bypass. Yeah. Like, there was there were some very interesting sources of plot they could have gone for, and they managed to take the most boring route through them all. Yeah. Christ, it was bad. Some real um, left shark energy from her. Yeah, so, obviously, you know, so that was our top three moments of Showgirls. I have gone through... And, you know, obviously other people have thoughts on Showgirls as well. So I've got a couple of quotes from critics for us to go through and see if we agree with them. So first one, Showgirls is 131 minutes of watching trashy, vapid people being terrible to each other. Yep, that's bang on. Yep. Uh, Is it sexy? Not when you're laughing. (laughs) Yep. Practically nothing works in this tacky sachet through Valley of the Dolls cliches and unerotic burlesque. Like, unerotic burlesque sums up this film perfectly. <laughs> yeah. This, I think, is perfect. Uh, Showgirls is a stripper that thinks it's a dancer. <laughs> a bad film bordering on inept with an anti-erotic toxic charge about it. Um, it could be argued that Showgirls is actually a complex meditation on the dark underbelly of the American dream. Of course, that's not why we remember it. We remember Showgirls for Elizabeth Berkley's comically bad acting and inability to even eat a hamburger convincingly. And weirdly, intelligently made by a smart director in full command of his power. Because apparently, sometimes film critics don't know what they're talking about. Either that or it's his mum that's written that one. Yeah, true. But most importantly, the reviews for the musical include, I wish I could give this show eight stars. Do not miss this show. It's a campy, hysterical and a great night out. 
and uh, hysterical and shocking, loved every second. But the main character in the musicals um, performance is like massively critically acclaimed. Apparently, she is brilliant, like both as the character and as kind of Elizabeth Berkeley doing it. Amazing. So that's that's film critic thoughts. What yeah. would what would your closing thoughts in Showgirls be? Would you recommend it to people? Um. That's a tough one. I think it's it's one that you kind of have to... It's kind of in the you have to see it to believe it kind of territory. But also I'd say we've watched it so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one of I'd source the I'd source those I'd source the clips. Like there's there's some clips in it that are like you you should watch and go to YouTube. There must be some amazing YouTube compilations. The the the, the problem with Showgirls for me, for me, the joy of a good bad movie is being able to watch it with other people. <laughs> like it's a shared it's like a shared communal experience of watching films like this. Showgirls, I don't want to watch with anyone. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's, it was. There, there were points where I was very aware that I was watching this with you. Yeah. So we. <laughs> so the, these films, at least until the the world opens up again, we've been watching on Zoom and watching on kind of like an Amazon watch party thing. And there were parts where it did just feel like we were watching pornography together. And that, that that was deeply weird. But yeah, I mean, my summary is just, you know, it's, yeah, it's a film that you can't watch by yourself, but it's a film that you also can't watch with other people. Yeah, don't stick it on on a Sunday with Grandma. I don't understand how something that prominently features so much nudity can be this boring. <laughs> so, okay, I've just thought of this now, but let's let's roll with it and see what we think. So this is our league of good bad movies. So why not keep a running league ranking of the good bad movies? At the moment, it's quite easy. We've got two films, so you've got Troll Two and you've got Showgirls. So as we go through, we'll add to it and we'll have a league table, and that's prime fodder for Amazon. Uh, Amazon prime fodder for Instagram. I'm sure Amazon will buy Instagram at some point. So are we? Are we going for? We're going to go on recommendations. So films we would recommend. Films, yeah, films that hit the good bad movie sweet spot okay and i assume this is going to be a unanimous at the moment troll to then showgirls <laughs> yeah so it is a unanimous and um the first time i'm assuming showgirls has ever received a silver medal <laughs> that is going to i don't even know what our shortlist for next week <laughs> next month is but Showgirls, I'm assuming, is still going to be at the bottom. But yeah, so our uh, the League of Good Bad Movies League, <laughs> Troll Two is a clear top for me. I, I think it's going to take something special to shake that off. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely doable. But Showgirls is is definitely below that. Like you said, I would I would strongly recommend like a decent YouTube compilation of it because the bad acting and choices have to be seen to be believed, and they truly are funny. But just over two hours of it is I would rather be pushed down the stairs by a showgirl and lose my top billing in a show. 
Uh, who could replace you, though, Ian? Thanks, buddy. So if you have seen Showgirls and feel like you just need to talk to someone about it, you can find all of our social media uh, links in the episode notes. And that includes our Ko-Fi page where you can buy us a coffee to help us make the podcast even bigger and even better and help us pay for renting some of these truly obscene movies. Um, If you have any good, bad movie choices you think we should cover on future episodes, feel free to reach out and message us. And remember, dancing ain't fucking, right? Ugh, no one asked for this. (laughs) Oh my god!